0: We'll be No, this is another instance of don't check your calendar. Like this is a new day for another one of our programs at the full tail dynasty podcast network of, we've just had to rearrange everything. This is of course the fantasy walkabout season two, episode one. And if you're joining live, you'll notice that there's three people on the screen today. I put them up in the wrong order here, but that's fine. Oh, Yeah, crying. there you go. Back down. Back one job. Yeah. I'm always oh. I'm, I'm always so with, on bottom. With the fantasy wa- phrasing. Dude, look, uh I know what I look, said. <laughs> there's uh there's a little bit of a different uh vibe here today on the walkabout, but look, the off season has kind of just started, I guess for some it started a little while ago, but for us it's <laughs> kind of just started. And, of course, with me over there at 7 in the morning in Aussie land is Tom underscore Lee 92 joining us again. And That's now it. down below is Big Billy FF uh, all the way at, from building shelves and lamps onto the <laughs> walkabout. Yeah, Guys. if
1: if y'all can see in my camera, I built this lamp today. <laughs> and I realized because, because my webcam is so shitty, it looks like I just have, like, a portal to heaven right there. A
0: blur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, today's already been kind of a wild morning, but if you're new to the fantasy walkabout, this is kind of this is the, the a process based program where we don't look as deep into their numbers. We look at more in the process of going around and improving your teams on teams that you haven't just drafted. This is a lot of focus on teams that have been drafted already, that have been around for a few years and you don't know what to do with them because a lot of advice circles around draft value. How do you manage a draft? Moving up, moving down, uh, what's their startup value? It's it's not a lot of what do you do when your team's 4 years old and now you're in between. Right? So That's it. That's what we like to do here, and we're going to do some of that today. Today, we have some trade flashbacks, so we're going to look back at trades we made uh, over the last little bit and see if we want to cry or die or if we're happy. right? We're going to get into Gabe Davis, which is why Billy is here today. I, on I am t- On I'm Tuesday night, we didn't get as much into Gabe Davis as we had wanted to because, of course— me, Billy, and Jacob always run out of time. Yeah. We're going to do Rondell Moore. Is he actually a buy or is he a sell or do you hold? We're going to get into those two players specifically. Look, we got our hard Yaka coming back, right, which is the, you know, process conversation. We, we, you know, we're going to have a punish a Tali, right? We're, <laughs> we have a lot of different uh, – we've got a lot of different things happening here today. So we're going to take a second – when We come back. We're going to get into our first topic, which is Do we care? Which is how kind of how we always kick off, and we're going to kick off uh season two here, everybody. Let's go. And of course, early on, Toronto Daves in the chat, as always, has been <laughs> what, since a, day what a one. man
2: never sleeps
0: <laughs> since day literally. He actually doesn't. I love addressing strategy for established teams versus only startups. This is something that Tom Lee and I uh, talked about when we put this show together is that it drove us nuts that all you, all you see is well with the startup value because good luck trying to trade a startup value for a player. You know, you've had for four years. It's not going to happen. Best podcast production in the business. Look, I try. All right. We're, we're working on it. We slapped, uh, we slapped some stuff together last minute for this one because I forgot some stuff, but Hey, We're here. So first off, do we care? Do we give a shit? Uh, This Brady thing is running rampant. No one knows what's happening. We're kind of reporting live on it, if you would. Uh, I'm not going to believe it until he says it, right? Like, I'm not going to do it. But if it does happen, it'll be the first time the NFL will be without a Manning or Brady at quarterback since 1998. So that's pretty insane I was not living in Winnipeg at that time. I was I w- still back home in Ontario at that time.
2: I was barely living. And watching yeah. football. I think I actually was in Canada at that time.
0: So oh, yeah. see, there we go. Yeah. It's it's insane, the implications. Of there this. must always
1: be a full tilter in
2: Winnipeg. Yeah, <laughs> Correct, yeah. Someone's going to be holding down the fort.
0: Winter is coming. Um, <laughs> look, I don't know what to do with the rest of that team. Right with any of your assets, the Leonard Fournette's, the 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 Godwins, the only one that's really got a for sure thing right now is Evans because he has a contract. Yeah, I don't know what to do. So as that news, uh, you know, comes Derves. along, we'll address yeah. that. Agent yeah. came out not confirming or denying. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was mean. That that, that or sorry, that's what I meant. <sighs> right. Um, like I'm not gonna believe it until he says it. The guy was the top five across the board, pretty much everywhere. Um, do we care? How much do we care about this news right now as it affects dynasty values? Like I've already seen trades go through. Yeah, I've seen Kyle issue, Trask right? get traded for people are trying to send me everything they can for me Blaine to take their going Trask. On the block everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So how much is this affecting your immediate reaction? Cause we hate, the walkabout, we've never been able to address a retirement immediately as it's kind of right. happening. So how is this yeah. affecting your dynasty teams? I'm going to start with Billy because he's the guest here. How is it immediately affecting your dynasty teams? Are you immediately trying to trade your receivers? What are you trying to do?
1: The the only player on the Buccaneers right now that I am actively devaluing because of this move is Leonard Fournette. I think Godwin and Evans, both of them are in a situation. Godwin is probably going to go in as an alpha next year, provided he's healthy off the ACL, which he should be. ACLs are now like rolled ankles at this point after acres with the Achilles. So I I think we're at this point now where we, if Godwin's gone, which I think a lot of us expect he will be, he is, he's going to be fine. He's going to be an alpha somewhere. Mike Evans has Proven to do it with anyone in the world. I'm not worried about Mike Evans. A lot of Leonard Fournette's value was propped up in fantasy by how good that team was. Mm -hmm. And I think he is the only player on that squad that actively gets worse by a worse team. So I think if I have Leonard Fournette anywhere, he's going down the block right away. Like I'm, tr- I'm trying to get rid of him as quick as I can.
0: See, I think I'm, I'm going to hold on to Leonard Fournette for as long as possible because what a, what a his, crazy his, well, this is why, because we don't know. So for me, if Arians were to leave, it would change everything for me, mm-hmm. but there are some vet quarterbacks out there that they can Slide. bring in to maybe give this team one more year. It's not going to be Brady, obviously, to his level, but there are some vet quarterbacks and it's Arians that I think is keeping his value. And Mike Evans is if Arians leaves, I'm par- I'm terrified of Mike Evans at that point. Cause that's his, you know, that's his specialty yeah. is the downfield deep ball, whatever Tom Lee, what are you doing and how are you addressing it?
2: So we need to care, right? Cause it's probably the best quarterback from all of our lives, uh, leaving the team possibly, but from a value point of view, Evans for me, as long as there's volume in that offense, I don't really care who the offensive coordinator is or who the head coach is. He'll still be fine. So, not really doing anything there. Fournette was an uh, what's it called a UFA anyway. So he could have stayed, could have left. That his right. his positioning was in the like up in the air as it was already. Um, so his value is kind of safe and insured from this. His upside and in that team doesn't exist if Brady retires, but. I'm not too concerned about them. I'm not really looking to trade any of these pieces straight away. Um, If the word comes out that Arians is staying, like you said, cheeky by lows on a few veteran quarterbacks could be a sneaky move. Yeah. Throw a few thirds and seconds out there and pick up whatever Um, I'd be looking at, even within the division, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, sliding on over and uh, filling a space for a little bit, even on that ridiculous contract. But um, yeah, I think it's just,
0: I think it's just going to be tough. And Dave makes a good point. I don't like trading. Yeah. uh, trade i'm gonna rephrase this i don't like (laughs) trades involving players with such uncertainty now tom lee and i talked about this in season one where we like trading for those guys but again it's always on price and one thing you'll notice on the show we hate uh the (laughs) everything coming with he has the potential he has the upside like he has that gets tagged on to everything yeah, like it's tagged on to everything. So we like to take that phrase and add context because that's important. Because everyone, there's 375,421 wide receiver threes that have wide receiver one upside. All right. All like, upside, yeah. Relax. So <laughs> like we get it. We understand when we discuss this, right? It's super flex, it's PPR, like that's our base for conversation. And we understand that there's upside with the players we're talking about. Right, if we we don't feel that it's there, we'll (laughs) let you know. I just I just feel like in every trade conversation, this guy's got wide receiver one upside. If he gets the right amount of targets, he's got we're gonna talk about two of those guys today. Uh, which is kind of why we wanted to do this. So I think that's all. Does anyone else have anything we want to news related that we want to really talk about? I do want to touch on Dabble going to New York, yeah. Um just take a quick note because again we talked a lot about coaches on Tuesday so <laughs> on Tuesday or oh my God on Tuesday we were talking about coaches so just today uh with dabble this is how I think it's going to go down as a quick note I think dabble is going to use and abuse Daniel Jones to see what works and what doesn't, and, doesn't then and then he's and then he's <laughs> gone I don't think he like the people like oh he's saying he loves Dan he just got the head coaching job he to gonna go that he guy listened. fucking yeah. sucks So let's watch out for those conversations and trades because they're coming. (laughs) They're coming for sure. I will say this makes Kadarius Tony a little bit more interesting, and it actually opens up a small potential window to move on from Galladay, right? Because Galladay will be there. Um, Don't know how he's going to get used, but a better offensive system. Same shitty quarterback, but... We, we don't know how that's going to shake out. Again, we assume Shepard's gone. We assume some of the other guys, Slayton, they're gone. So it's Tony and, and Galladay for now. Anything else, fellas? Or are we we good to uh, – I can't speak properly. It's okay. I can't half the time either. I, <laughs> I just fake it. I want to think the
1: best for the Giants because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, if you if you look back in 2017 and looked at this team right now, yeah, you'd think they were – like they they are so well built. They have multiple yeah. first round picks everywhere. They have the best running back prospect of all time. They have a, in 2017 an alpha wide receiver who had like 10 touchdowns. Yep. Like they they have everything there. So I want to hope that Dayball is smart enough to go that this, this is what we need to build around and yeah. do right. everything right. But I I just. I don't it's, trust Daniel Jones hard. to be the one to do it. Yeah. I I legitimately think that Dayball may be looking to move for one of these QBs in this class. Like well, I, there, yeah. there's commitment there. The team has come out and said that Daniel Jones is their guy. And I think that's great. Like y'all, y'all drafted him with the one Oh six y'all should be committing to this dude, at least through his contract. Yeah. Like it, that's probably for the best, especially maybe if last year's class was happening now, we wouldn't be hearing this. But the Giants are in the position where I think that's where you need to start taking rookies or rookie QBs on this class. Mm. And if they fall in love with Pickett, uh, Corral, some of these other guys, Carson strong. strong, man, yeah. Carson, I I mean, I, I'm not... I'm gonna be the lowest on Carson Strong out of our yeah, statue can't,
0: strong. Can't be yeah. lower than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. If they fall in love with a quarterback, like I think a guy like Corral and his skill set fits well with them, but I think, I think, the think that they're smart. They have their QB for this year, I think, and they're gonna ride Barkley, I think, into the ground. This yeah, season.
2: you gotta say contract
0: right so i think that this is where hopefully they trade down and then don't draft kadarius tony i think hopefully they trade down or they draft some offensive line help right yeah. i think hopefully that the staff that they have and they're bringing in there uh builds properly and and maybe you know not selecting skill position players when your <laughs> team sucks um okay that's going to do it for that we're going to we're going to move on And we're going to come back with the next little bit there. So uh, stay tuned. All right, we're back. So Tom Lee, uh, this is a new little bit here for the people. Why don't you uh, introduce everyone to it? What are we going to be handling here, and what's the point?
2: So what I liked was season one, we got into a lot of conversations, but it was hard to put into what sort of conversations we're having. I thought, fuck it, let's just go with the whole conversation section. And uh, what better way to have a a lighthearted general dynasty conversation than to crack open what we call a tolly in the U.S.? Tom's got a Pepsi Max tolly over there. Um, Essentially, it's a large beer. Crack the top off one, have a chat. So we're going to punish a tolly and have a chat about a few different dynasty assets and things that are happening. Um, not as, not as in depth and process driven as the hard yakka, but, uh, yeah, (laughs) just kick back and have a bit of a chat,
0: right? This is the more relaxed version of the hard yakka for sure. Um, and I think it's important to have these two sides, right? Because I wouldn't welcome a ton of, like I wouldn't wish our Slack channel on a ton of people (laughs) for how insane it gets with, Casual and hardcore conversation, but we really felt at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I don't get know heated. what is happening in the old uh, chat here, but we are going to not have, uh, you know, porn spam pop up in the old it is everywhere these he days. is
1: not talking about our slack chat i Slack
0: not that is not our chat. show no, uh, no. Oh, yeah. jesus yeah. christ they're invading the comment section we, here we just argue um, about deontay johnson we do argue well no maddie maddie argues about deontay johnson but what i'm saying is it's important to recognize the two different kinds of conversations so we're going to kick this one off i, w- I want to start <laughs> this one off with Rondell moore uh yeah. personally and then we'll move on to Gabe Davis after, because I feel like that's going to take up the bulk of the time on this program today. But I want to talk about Rondell Moore, who was another one of Billy's favorites, actually.
1: Um, Don't make me do this.
0: <laughs> in, this in this draft, we're going to make you do it. Uh, in, in this draft that happened last year, uh, I was saying the entire year that he was a colossal disappointment. Uh, I think he was a colossal disappointment. I stand by that statement now. Uh, he did not do what we thought he was going to do. He basically got screen passes, and that's it. He one yeah. touchdown on the year was a broken play, you know that he he took to the house. And in that offense, he couldn't get another one. Um, I understand that AJ Green's a free agent. DeAndre Hopkins is old and busted. Kirk's um, a free agent, and and Kirk is. But I think Kirk is back. Uh, I'm not buying. Rondale Moore, but I also don't think that you can move Rondale Moore because you're basically if you what you move him for what a a mid two you're basically just hoping for the next iteration of that. I I'm I'd rather hold him. You're rolling the dice exactly, Billy. You you your face is sideways with that statement. So
1: I I agree. Uh, Before I came on the show and started looking at this from the show sheet. I wholeheartedly agree that I would have agreed that I didn't think you could sell Rondale more. I thought you were either going to get a profit off him or you were going to end up dropping him in a year. But looking at ECR on fantasy pros, which for those of you who don't know aggregates like the best experts in the the industry and Mm -hmm. puts all their rankings together. I'm I'm just going to give you all a list of 10 names and y'all tell me, what percentage of these players you would take over Rondell Moore in a trade right now?
0: Okay, let's try that.
1: Kadarius Tony, Tyler Boyd, Gabriel Davis, Michael Gallup, DJ Chark, Kenny Galladay, Christian Kirk, Lavisca Chanel, Corey Davis, Van Jefferson.
0: Probably like two, this. two or three. I, maybe. Tony, at least level. But even that yeah. one is is iffy. Like, yeah, Gabe like, Davis, you know, probably. I, but we'll so, get into that. Those,
1: you know, so those are all the guys. Right after uh, Rondell Moore and ECR, right Right. now, like I think there's still a lot of guys below him that I think you could go out and sell him for because a lot of a lot of people love him, and I'm one of them. Wholeheartedly, I I have defended Rondell Moore since the beginning. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's an amazing athlete. The problem is the way Cliff fucking Kingsbury uses him.
0: He's terrible. Uh, yeah, um terrible,
1: but I, I mean, don't he, get me started on Cliff Kingsbury. I know, but you had like, seat. oh, years, man, years. But like that, that's Rondell Moore is not Devo Samuel from two years ago, no. where you throw him the ball behind the line. Like well, he, he works as a deep threat that that's what you want him to be. Right. And the way I see it right now, there's two, there's two potential ways that Rondell Moore can go from now on. And both of them equally scare me because it's either really good or really bad. Mm -hmm. Either Rondell Moore is good. He is an NFL caliber player and his size is not a problem. And he's able to separate, but Cliff Kingsbury refuses to do that Hmm. because they drafted him to be a gadget player. Or Rondell Moore can't. And this is the only way they can get him the ball. And both of those equally scare me because either he's going to be good and you should buy as many as you want, or he's going to be nothing. Right. And I think that terrifies me.
0: So historically, it's always um if you're betting on him, you're betting against history, right? So a receiver that finishes wide receiver 67, he played most of the games on the year. He missed he missed kind of the end of the year there, which is whatever. Didn't do anything in that in that high powered offense. You're betting against history for an undersized wide receiver. Right, he is undersized. I don't care how you want to look at it. He Power is changes height. Yes. Yeah, it, like he's not <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So stop it with that. So no. it, it he's on a team that has a coach that doesn't seem to be able to produce a second wide receiver as a as a consistent they, fantasy option. They
2: play four wide a lot of the time.
0: Exactly. So and even Toronto <laughs> days, no one's giving me more than an early second for Rondale. Uh yeah. Seems appropriate value, but not sure I'd accept. Yeah, like an exactly. early two, like if you're giving me 201 202, I'd think about it. But again, you're just rolling the dice for another player in that situation. So it it's tough to say I'm not buying, but I'm also not selling at his current <clears throat> price. I yeah. think I'm just holding on and hoping to god. Uh Tom Lee anything more before we move on to uh Billy's uh what what Billy's been excited about all week? Yeah, <laughs>
2: before, yeah, Billy's little bit. Um oh. I've got a lot of Rondo Moore, right? We know I play a lot of value-based fantasy. So he was the end of the tier from the talented wide receivers. He was going at 203, 204 a lot in drafts, which is a sweet spot to pick up. What should have been, or could have been an awesome prospect. Problem is, like you said, that offense, whilst high powered has no imagination and doesn't know how to use his player. That's a concern. Like Bill said, do you buy him? You could, if it's cheap enough the best way to sell him is going to be to pair it and use the words we hate to use, which are upside yeah. as an extra piece. So how to add him to a known value, increase the value of that deal, send it away for some that you actually want to bring in, whether you're downgrading in years or whether you're getting more talent and you're moving up a tier or two, um, that'd probably be the only way I'd sell at the moment. Otherwise it's just a hold and hope for now.
1: When you're, when you're playing the game with Rondell Moore, there's always been one player who's always quoted as like his ceiling that that's what they think Rondell Moore could be. And going into the draft, I thought that was a possibility in T.Y. Hilton, but yeah. I, I just don't see him hitting that level. If this is what he is, like mm-hmm. it, if he truly if he truly can't separate and work as an NFL receiver, he is never going to hit those T.Y. Hilton numbers. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's I think it's really sad.
0: I love yeah. Rondell Moore. Yeah, that's the perfect word for it, really. But, bad.
1: like, it's – at some point you have to cut your losses, and Rondell Moore is going to be an athletic specimen until he's 26. So are you cutting your losses when he's 23, or are you cutting your losses in three years and just yeah. losing that time? Yeah,
2: like, what are the losses? Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: like it's – it's at some point it just sucks. One hundred percent. The next player up on this list is kind of been uh, he's kind of been a, a buzz topic for me for over a year now. This is a guy who kind of he he did the same thing he did this year that he did in his rookie year, where he wasn't really a thing for the first half, and then down the stretch he scored a bunch of touchdowns. And, the word and flashed. Popped played up a lot of well, times. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then same thing, and obviously capping it off with a four touchdown game against some backups and guys falling over themselves. So. I want, to, I want to, and, and this is going to lead into the next part of conversation in the next segment, talk about Gabriel Davis a little bit more thoroughly uh, while still keeping it pretty casual. Billy, uh, at the end of the show, your point was they have the oldest wide-receiving core, right? And he scored yes. four touchdowns in a game. Touchdowns are not the stickiest thing, but it seems like for him, they kind of find him. And you're right, they do have an older – uh, receiving core, their offensive coordinator is now gone. Uh, Are you worried at all that that's going to affect? Like, what do you really think when you're looking at somebody like, um, you know, a guy like Gabriel Davis, who right now is like, Oh, he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver. Easy smash this year. I don't think that's the case, but what, like, where are you looking at this point? Like you, you like him. What are you looking at at this point? Yeah.
1: And this is crazy because I was off the Gabriel Davis train a year ago when he was getting those flashes. I remember Maddie was huge on Gabriel Davis, like getting him everywhere. And I've always been trying to keep track of what's happening with him because he's an interesting player. But as everyone on Twitter has ever mentioned, he hasn't really produced. Like he – he had almost 600 yards his first year in 16 games with seven receiving touchdowns. That's solid. But then he went down in yards, kept the same amount of reception, almost like the exact same stat line, really weird, except with 50 less yards in his second year. So why why are we all of a sudden jumping on the Gabriel Davis train? And I, I really wanted to talk about this because I think there are very few times where the actionable advice for an NFL team and the actionable advice for fantasy players are the exact same. Mm. And it's, what do you think of Gabriel Davis? Mm -hmm. So a a lot of this comes down to me in terms of probabilities that that's how I always play this game. I always think of most probable outcome. That's what I'm going to bet on. And sometimes that bites me in the ass. Sometimes it's a great call, but the most probable outcome for Gabriel Davis is that both Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley are gone next year. I think yes. that's pretty fair. Cole Beasley might have a year left on his contract. But what, what we saw this year was that the Bills wanted to bet on their team this year, and they weren't sure if Gabriel Davis was anything. Yeah. They, they were worried that Gabriel Davis wouldn't have the ability to do what he did in that playoff game in a playoff game so they went out they brought veteran talents who have been there emmanuel sanders i believe won a super bowl with denver denver yeah. uh, and cole beasley who's one of the oldest wide receivers in the league but one of the most consistent and stefan diggs who minneapolis miracle it's amazing so they they did everything right for what you expect and instead what happened was gabriel davis put up the i think the second best fantasy performance um This year, in a yeah. divisional round game against the best team in the league,
0: so my yeah, my biggest there's argument. There's more to it than that. Though. Yes, yes, yes. There's more to it. Well, but I'm my happy biggest he got to burn DeAndre Baker when and and Sorensen in the in the yes secondary. That's, but that's
1: a completely reasonable take. But what I'm saying is, I don't think there are people want to say he's a. Top twenty-four wide receiver. Some people are giving him crazy numbers. I don't agree with that. Yep. But I don't think there's thirty wide receivers in the league who could have two hundred yards and four touchdowns in a playoff game. Yeah. Like that. That's such a crazy thing. And to be able to do that as a second-year player who, for all intents and purposes, was coming off the bench. Like they they benched him for Emmanuel Sanders. And once he started getting snaps again, he started producing. We saw that last year with the same deal. But for all intents and purposes, he was coming off the bench. And to do what he did, just out of nowhere, it needs to be talked about. So he's 22 yeah. years old. He's has every opportunity in the world to produce with arguably the second best quarterback in the league.
2: At the very least, a very aggressive offense.
1: Yeah. and
2: He's always going to go for the win and not settle for now. Yeah.
1: And I yes. I think Some, yeah. I think he has every opportunity to be one of those players who in 3 years we're talking about. Oh, well the Bills had two top 15 wide receivers this year. Like it's we we all know he's not going to be a wide receiver one overall. That that's probably not in his range of outcomes. He's a big body wide receiver who has a history of catching touchdowns. And if Gabriel Davis went out next year and caught ten touchdowns, I don't think anyone would be surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, here's so. here, here's part of the reason why that I I don't like that approach because uh, so already you've heard McDermott and we we know we don't give a shit about coach speak right especially off season coach speak we don't care <laughs> yeah. as much but it, what one thing I do want to take note is is that he immediately said that we need more balance we can't throw the ball that much. We need yes. more balance. Yes. They're gonna bring in a new offensive or bring up their their pass game coordinator, so that upgrading to their from their pass grading. Oh my God, their pass game coordinator to OC could yeah. like negate that whole conversation. But we don't know, and it still took an injury to Emmanuel Sanders for this to be a thing. And when you watch Gabriel Davis play, he's very good, very good player. He gets open when he gets open, he can do big things, and and but this is the same thing that happens to a lot of wide receivers in the NFL, especially in fantasy where we fall in love with a guy who has size and speed and he gets yeah. open and he can score in any play. And they just don't ever hit in fantasy. I've seen this a lot of times. This is not a player that I'm actively searching for to add to my rosters because he's just not been able in two years now to Establish take the next step. And who yeah. says they don't, Bring in another vet wide receiver who says they don't draft another guy. Like that's Especially in a Super Bowl, we know where they again. want to
2: compete. It's it's smart from a team point of view to have that insurance policy of experience, known, pass catching now. Um and I think what like what we're saying is it's it's kind of reminds me of like a Kelvin Benjamin, right? Same team, probably same number for the same team, where in theory it should be good, but never really became anything. Um, so it's appealing, it's fun to watch, mm-hmm. it's cool to look at, it's a great start. There is, and again, we hate it, but there is upside to this guy. But is it going to be supported by the team? Is there going to be enough process-driven stuff to back up in, a purchase at a value? I don't know.
0: In 15 games, right, he couldn't average nine points per game. Like, yes. That's brutal. And that's with his his second half, you could argue, was just as good as his first half was disappointing so that he was better in the second half to his first half and that doesn't include a 52 point game but let's say we even add that what does that bump his points per game to 10 11 right overall i don't know the actual number cuz i can't add so that is what it is say it's 12, but, 13. right i have these yeah. guys for numbers all right that's not that's not me Yeah, hey, hang on let me let me yeah. let me do some keep, here. Keep going, but yeah. this is a, it's just a player that even with his biggest games and through the playoffs, he still wouldn't be up there with some of the guys, even like Hollywood Brown or, or some of these guys that are kind of looked down on in fantasy football, Robert Woods, right? Like it just, I, there's not enough there to get it. You're betting on a lot of things lining up for him. And when I had this argument on Twitter months ago, where I said I would take OBJ for the rest of his career, then Gabriel Davis was I kind of like being, kind of a dick about is it. Sure. Is. Sure. But I'm still going to stick to that, right? Like I would I would rather have let's say OBJ if he goes to Kansas City. I'd rather have him over over Davis. Right? Even though they're kind of in the same role, almost in the same situation. He's just not a player that excites me and I'm I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm probably going to be wrong. But I'm going to be okay being wrong on this, especially at his current price, not even in just startups. Yeah, But there's not a lot of people that's going to trade you there, Gabriel Davis, for less than a late one or an early two with what he just did.
2: That's what I wanted to bring up as well, because we like talking about established rosters, is if you have him, you're not trading him away for probably less than a late one. But you also can't buy him, because what sort of roster do you have that you're like, oh, I really need a Gabe Davis to add to my squad? It's like, well, where's he going to sit? He's going to sit straight on your bench, and you're hoping he becomes something. And that sort of player is not going to be traded for a first. You know, it's a little bit different to like a, an a, uh, an Amon Ross and Brown, like where you've seen a bit of a, an explosion. You know where it's sort of headed. Yes, there's some there's some um, there's some range of outcomes that aren't great. But
0: ambiguity,
2: yeah, some ambiguity of the situation. So, but you know, a late first for that can't even spell it. It's a decent dice roll. Peter so, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't yeah, know if so I'm allowed like, to say it.
2: So that's sort of what you're up against. Is like, well, which one did you rather have? Like a, a an Amon Ross and Brown or a Gabe Davis? Because both of these guys, in theory, could be great assets. We've seen one do it in season where it mattered for people. We've seen one do it in the postseason where it didn't matter for people, but it was also really cool to watch. So That's these the are idea. two young assets where it's like, well, to me, you know, the range of outcomes you could possibly have two very successful things. But what what squad do you have? You're like, yeah, I want to take that risk. It's how know.
0: much uh, how much are you willing to bank on on those range of outcomes really coming through? How much yeah. do you want to spend to do it, Billy? What do you got?
1: So I. Uh, i know i said i was gonna go get statistics i didn't um i'm sorry uh but uh, a few things that i do want to reference because we can talk about this all day and we have a full show sheet so i don't wanna i don't want to go on too long about this but i i feel like when we talk about what's being made available to yes if, if you were offered a late first smash yes. accepted for games. 100% absolutely Dave. i think uh, i i'm not gonna battle that at all but Gabriel Davis tests very well on per-target and per-reception metrics. And you, you can say that's because he has Josh Allen, but he's going to have Josh Allen until he's not a bill. So that, that is a fi- fine argument, and I also think it's fair, but I, I'm going to disregard that because I don't think it matters. Um, <laughs> but on a per-reception case, Gabriel Davis is consistently top 12. In a lot of these metrics, yards per reception, contested mm-hmm. catch rate, that is those are things that you want to test out for receivers like Gabriel Davis, who are yeah. this big body player. Sure. That, that's what you want to look at. And the team is likely freeing up almost 180 targets next year. That's 112 from Cole Beasley and 72 from uh, Sanders, uh, other guy, Emmanuel Sanders. But that's and
0: assuming guys, uh, that's assuming guys like, uh, you know, McKenzie don't come back or or take a bigger uh, no, role. That That is
1: just Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. No,
0: I know, but getting a bigger role, right, yeah, Knox like, getting more targets and they don't bring in anyone of note or yeah, draft like someone.
1: We don't transfer the targets. Sure, but, two yeah. but yeah.
0: we play the,
1: yeah, but they could draft someone with literally every team. Every team. Like
0: right. it's, but if you're losing it, two receivers, right, that took a lot of time, teams often replace those players. Sure. Yes. There's
1: 180 targets on the table. If Gabe Davis gets 40 of them, I think he finishes inside the top 30 next sure. year. Like, okay. I, I think that's. I would fair. take
0: top 30. I would and, take uh, top 30 for sure. My, and, My point isn't that he's not good enough to finish in the top 30. My point is that reacting, and I'm Cool. We're we gonna to get to this at, at one point, but <laughs> reacting to one game at the end of the season shouldn't be the thing that you're like. That's all I need to feels see. Value. Yeah,
1: sure. And this goes back to what I was saying about what you think about him. If you thought Gabe Davis was a good player all this year, and I think you were completely validated in thinking that, and the team just opted to play Emmanuel Sanders, a more experienced player, over him, I think that's completely fine. I, I'm not gonna debate you on that. I, I'm somewhere in the middle but if you thought that Gabe Davis was a good player and all of a sudden you see him on the grandest stage of them all put up 200 yards and four touchdowns, you need to, you need to like shape your mindset around that. Cause if you think he's a good player and that's your breakout game, you need to never trade that player. I <laughs> like, agree 100%. Like, yeah. that, that is the way you need to think. And this is why I wanted to talk about this so much, because I think this is a really unique situation. Like, I, I think about this a lot like Rashad Penny. And uh, a lot of people still had some faith in Rashad Penny. And Truthers I think that's always true. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's great. And Rashad Penny rewarded them handsomely. But it, is it valuable? to take your, your acceptance, what you believe a player to be, and them to prove that they are a good player, and then for you to just go, all right, I took my value, I'm out. Like it, I That's what I disagree with with a lot of these cases, is if you wholeheartedly, and th- this is not me talking about me, Tom, Tom, either of y'all, anyone else on Twitter, I'm talking yep. about the person who is listening to this. If you are a Gabe Davis fan, you need to not accept a trade for a late first because I think that's a good value. I think you should take that deal. But Gabriel Davis just showed you what his upside is.
0: Understood. Play. There was a player, there was a player even earlier in the year that had boom games and everyone immediately shot him up the boards. You guys knew who we're talking about?
2: Do you know Kadarius who I'm referencing?
0: Tony. Nope, not it. Damn. Tom Lee, who is good it? Nope. Oh, what we got? Mike fucking Williams started off the year on fire, and it was immediate, I'm trading a first for him, I'm moving up the rankings, second receiver in a high-profile offense. He's going to be prolific. He's going to be great. And what happened? He did the reverse Dave Davis. And And this is why I'm saying it happens all the time. It's just Mike Williams maybe is a couple of years older, and, and yeah, people have been yourself, waiting on Mike Williams. Yeah. It just, it it's, it's not a whole, like his top tier maybe is Mike Williams for Gabriel Davis. But I just think that looking out like with that one game and the short burst, right. And willing to put all of that, that um, consideration and high value assets into acquiring a player like that more often than not shoots you in the foot for your dynasty yeah. teams,
1: my, my my biggest argument, and I'll, I'll try and say this concisely so that we can move on. Move on. <laughs> is that me? Me and Jacob constantly debate, like the the train of players, and a a lot of it comes down to you. You just got shown what a player could do. The this is not some metric. This is not anything. This is what he did in an NFL game if you believe in that player, there is no reason you should trade them. Like there, there is no reason you should take a value cash out, anything, all probability signs, all, all like what the team is going to do. All those signs point to Gabe Davis having the opportunity to do this again. And if you believe in him, there is no reason you should trade him right now.
0: Nope. I agree. I agree. Look, uh, we're gonna take a quick second. When we come back. We're gonna we're gonna do some uh, flashbacks for trades. We're gonna do some trade flashbacks. We're gonna do a hard yakka. We're gonna get our Aussie slang, and we're gonna get the heck out of here on a Saturday and send everyone off as happy as we can. Sit tight. Okay, so a very common thing on, on the bird app itself and in, in Dynasty communities is celebrating um, trades as they happen, and it's not often enough done where you look back at those trades and really really see if you're still happy with it or if you're just lying to yourself because that's a very important thing. Tom Lee and I broke this down when, when we did this in Season 1 is being honest with yourself, right, about your moves and your process of being able to go back, look inside yourself and say, yeah, I should have done this and I should have done that. A lot of people who maybe only watch the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast and maybe they don't tune into the Fantasy Walkabout may not know that I very much stated that I regretted not trading away all Sam Darnold that I had, that I could down and we looked back at that process and figure out where that went. I wasn't able to look outside of my own uh, uh bias or process and and see kind of what I could have done there so it's important to look back on these trades all the time and be honest with yourself because otherwise otherwise you're just going to end up in a trap so i want to look at some trades uh this is one that i did uh i traded my 10 it's actually 106 uh for cam Akers pre him uh being activated this is yep. when uh, reports came out that he could we'll be back, be back yep. for the playoffs, and I immediately sent this offer out as fast as I could. I took that shot, and I feel fantastic about this deal. Pretty, pretty confidently, I, I feel great about this deal. Um How many acres deals did you guys wrap up? I just want to talk quickly about each one and why I like them. the re- yeah. The reason I, the reason I like this one specifically is. I don't think there's a running back in this class that can do what Cam Akers is doing and yep. being on the team that he's on right now with with the, role. With the established role. I don't think there's a rookie that yeah. is as good a player in this class. So 106, I think, is the perfect spot for me value-wise to acquire a running back like Cam Akers. Tom Lee?
2: Perfect dice roll, right? We know the class. We know there's definitely not going to be six running backs, so you're not going to get any at 106. Um, 106 still seems high. So you're going to entice the person who has him. It seems like you're still cashing out, you know, your and we, we talk about it, you know, trades, you're trying to manage your risk factors. And if you're a Kmakers Akers owner before he came back, it's still a risk factor. So to cash it in for an asset, that you know, is going to increase in value. It's kind of a win for both teams. But for yourself, if you can stay healthy this offseason with this role, uh, it's a win, it, it, you know, the upside and the win for Acres side is bigger. Um, but it's still not a bad trade for the guy who got the 106. You know, that's still a, a good 100%. process-driven move. Nothing wrong with doing that uh, at the time. And it's not its not to say, oh, man, I got absolutely robbed. You didn't. You took a good base, like a good solid thought through deal. You didn't roll right. the dice on like acres for Leonard Fournette and someone else on a rebuild team in the hope that next year they'll be great. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <clears throat> it. yeah, it's just a good, smart, process-driven, value-based deal that we we love these sort of ones to look back on because... This is what value trading is kind of about. Um makes sense to both sides. It's a shot that you are willing to take because you know the talent's there and you love the player.
0: 100%. 100%. Billy?
1: Yeah, I got nothing strong to say on this that Tom didn't say. I mean, this trade a couple of months ago completely was predicated on Cam Akers coming back and being anything close to what he was. And it looks like he is probably 90% the same if not 100%. So that's yeah. it's an easy take.
0: Just has to stop fucking fumbling. Uh we got Eli Mitchell, right? Elijah Mitchell or the 108. Um love this. This deal is very interesting for me. Uh who made it? Is it one was it one of us or is this just one we pulled? Yeah, this
2: was one of us. It was in one of our leagues. Um someone was looking to buy a running back. I had uh, Eli Mitchell.
0: And, so you um, traded Mitchell for 108.
2: Yeah, I had, an excess of, to uh, I had an excess of running backs, and I was happy with my room, and I thought I needed a bit more youth. And, and I, like I said before, an asset that I think will just continue to grow as the offseason progresses towards the draft, so when, why not? When did,
0: when did you make this?
2: This was two months ago. So okay. right are, towards, you still,
0: yeah. are you still as excited about or uh, feeling just as good about this deal now as you were then, or no?
2: It's, it's like I said to the guy in the chat I actually like this deal for both of us I think it made a lot of sense at the time I like the asset and and you know for me value I love pairing first with other things to get bigger pieces so
0: would That's I have been able really
2: to pair the good, risk man. factor of Eli Mitchell and another piece to get where I wanted to go possibly not it really depends on the owner liking them the 108 most most owners are going to be pretty happy knowing they have a first because they can move it or use it so it's a little more um, fluid it's a little more fluid and, and it's 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 safe for now so um, I like it for both of us still, and I think it's around about the value. If you want to buy or sell at this price, you wouldn't be too disappointed heading into draft season either way on this one at the moment.
1: I'm more bullish on Eli Mitchell. I, yep. I,
2: I'd be higher than the 108. Yep, perfect. Like, I mean, like, right? and that, that's it, right? Like, it's pick your price, and if you're happy with it.
0: That's like, interesting yeah. because I'm not, and I thought cool. I was the biggest Mitchell guy in the group. So,
2: and you, I think that's the key is we all love Mitchell, right, Bill? Like. We all love this player. So,
1: here's my take: is in this class, I think there's two running backs that can touch Eli Mitchell right now, Mm -hmm. and and there's probably going to be more. But as of right now, that's the way I see it breaking down. And I think they're both going to be gone before the 104. Yes. So, like, just straight. Like I, I think that's such good value to get. Okay, Eli Mitchell for the one. I, th-
0: I, I'm with the Eli Mitchell's going to have the job next year. But that's as much as as confident as we can say about a Shannon. It's one of the only. It's one of the
2: real risk factors in this whole deal is if Eli Mitchell doesn't have the starting role. It looks a little a little
0: dodgy. I, buggy, I,
1: I need yeah. to do it. I need to do a deep dive on how insane Eli Mitchell's season was because so I feel here, like it's not being appreciated.
0: Here's yeah. one that me and Billy actually did months ago. Yeah, I just
1: added this one to be a dick.
0: but Yeah, this is one that Billy and I did months ago. And it's funny you say to be a dick. Like, it's that's not what it's about, right? So it was Eli yeah. Mitchell for Chenault and a 23-2 on a team that I wasn't fully committed on yeah. going in with. I got Mitchell at a good price. Yep. Billy needed a running back. We went back and forth on this for a bit. Uh, chanel turned out to be absolute fucking dog water so this is the gamble that you take right yeah, so dynasty, people will right? say like yeah. trade away your running backs your waiver wire running backs get a young receiver and a pick and yeah. that was the process i'm not happy about this deal right now but mm. that's that's you can see how it came to be right like that's,
2: 100%. that's what all and, yeah
0: and and it's important to to be very transparent with how we operate in our trades so obviously We're going to give Billy the edge on that one. That's a quick little run-through. So,
1: I I wanted to pull this statistic real quick. Um, We're running out of
0: time, so let's...
1: Okay, Uh, Eli Mitchell had five games of 100-plus rushing yards Mm -hmm. as a rookie. Uh, Only five players have ever done that since 2010.
0: It's disgusting how good he was.
1: Saquon Barkley, Jordan Howard, Ezekiel Elliott, Alfred Morris, Kareem Hunt.
0: Can't believe two of those are Alfred Morris Alfred Morris and... Jordan Howard and poor Jordan he,
1: Howard. And, uh Elisha Mitchell played eleven games.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's unreal. If he can stay healthy, I think he he's a yeah. lock. Uh, but let's move up. We're gonna nix the last three trades. So what we're gonna do here, Tom Lee, is mm. the last three trades we are going to tweet out, and we are going to get to the polls people and for them to talk about one hundred percent. So Maddie, there's work coming for you, buddy. Uh, we're going to take a quick be break, listening. and we're going to go 10, some maybe 15 minutes. We'll push this just over an hour today yeah. to give people their Saturday afternoon, and we're going to get into the hard yak. If you're new to the show and new listening, because we've had our downloads, man. We appreciate everyone, but you guys are just keep coming coming back for more. So well, we got some new listeners, obviously, so we're going to come back. I'm going to get Tom Lee to walk us through this, and we're going to get right into it and uh, try to keep it less as ranty as possible, but sometimes it's really difficult for me. We're going nice. to be back in a second. Yeah. So look, people might be like, why are there the, the weird sounds stuff? We like to give at least a little bit of an audio break from our voices to your ears to give, a, to give us a second to catch our breath and collect our thoughts and to give uh, all of the listeners a second to collect their breath and uh, and and collect their thoughts. First time I've watched. Uh, I love the show. Thanks, man. Like again, <laughs> Dave. I I, I, I mentioned this on the show with uh, with Drew that that you've improved as a fantasy player, and I'm not because of us. But I mean, you've been here since day one, so give you a shout out on that for sure. Uh, Tom Lee, walk the people through this portion of the program.
2: Hard yaka. So I was, we were saying before, you know, we've had all these, these watchers and viewers and people are fanging. We're going to take a word from season one. People are absolutely <laughs> fanging for um, some from process driven content. Hard yakka, process-driven content, hard work, all the stuff you should be doing with your established rosters to make sure that you're doing your due diligence with them. Yes. Um and, and for the next couple of episodes, we're gonna sort of walk through a couple of different things that are really affecting people's rosters out there and they should be considering or at least thinking about, you know, how does this impact my team and and what can I use it for? Um, so we're gonna look at two things today that trigger at least Tom in this group. Um, and then those two factors of recency or confirmation bias, uh, and then just general arbitrary rankings. So talk us through Tom as a concept, these two things. So
0: This this is,
2: this is like Twitter. This is like Twitter analysis in a snapshot, right? If you looked across, you'll see a bunch of this generating stream. Uh, yes. What's it called? Uh, um, threads and content, right? So this right. is massive out there at the moment.
0: So if anyone has listened to the midweek tilts, uh, <laughs> this segment, this, we, I basically turned the hard yaka where I was ranting into an entire half hour long sure. show that I would do with uh, John Arrington Uh where we just ranted about what we saw on Twitter and that show will be back in March, I believe. Um, so don't worry. That's season two of that's coming as well. Um, but this, these ones just kind of drove me nuts, uh, in the, in the time period that we were away on the walkabout recency and confirmation bias for, with very little context is, as I've mentioned earlier in this show, a really fast way to sync your dynasty rosters. I had this when I saw Darnold playing. Well, I went fucking rights that I'm correct. (laughs) There's no way I could possibly be wrong after this. I have seen it. I am confirmed. I am vindicated. And it, it, it came crashing down hard. Um, it is so important to not see the first bit of confirmation. And look, we all want to be right on a player. And that's really what it comes down to, right? Especially if you're on the bird app looking for information and in these leagues, everyone has that guy in their league that drafts a player way higher than everyone else. And he's like, this is my guy. This is my fucking dude, Trey Sermon. And he's going to be successful. He's going to be great. And there's no blah, 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 blah. And then it doesn't work. And then they refuse to come out of it. Right. And then Sermon gets one game where a full mat gets an opportunity before him. And then they throw it two times and they get a penalty and he falls into the end zone. And they use that confirmation bias to go get that player. For high-priced assets, like a first-round pick, which we saw actively in a league when that happened, right? He doubled down on acquiring that player. And I think recency bias and and confirmation bias are a fast-track way to screw yourself over in drafts. Yeah, When you're drafting, it can screw yourself over in trades at this time of the year, because as soon as the trade's the season's over. If your league had to trade deadline, people are immediately sending out offers for the players that they have on their roster that did well. How many yeah. times do you see Sony Michelle go on the block? Right. So when the season ended and and you didn't have uh, a team had a trade deadline.
2: Yep.
0: Right, and Rashad Penny and and whatever immediately it was immediate and recency Everyone. bias has people buying into those players for yeah. for top assets guys. So. The dangers of recency and confirmation bias is kind of something that I wanted to lay out there. I'm going to open the floor to you guys. That's how I feel. You're right. you got to be a paragon of objectivity. That is correct. (laughs) That is a key point on this program and this brand. You have to be a paragon of objectivity. We never overcommit to one player for seemingly no reason ever. And it's okay. I not once. I, I often have to yeah, not once. I often have to Google Dave. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm gonna open it to you guys. I'm gonna start with Billy. You're the guest here, our first ever guest on the fantasy walkabout. Honor. Um recency and confirmation bias. What does this screen to you for process and and how do you handle it?
1: I I think a lot of it is you have to pair recency bias and confirmation bias which we're all going to do as much as we think it's inherently false we're all going to do it uh, you have to pair it with a level of expectations like if you go in and you're thinking this player is going to be good but they're they're probably realistically their ceiling is wide receiver 25 or something if you think that if you're trying to set that as your management, and all of a sudden, their first four games, they're the wide receiver five. Like, you, it's good to have that confirmed. You thought this player was going to be good, they're looking good. But you also need to set and manage your expectations. So, while you are confirmed that this player that you think is better than what the bulk of people think is doing really well, but you still are someone who was very high on this player and still saw their, thought there was no way they were going to be this good, that's still going to scream that that player should be a sell to you.
0: Right. And
1: I, I think the, the most plain, pure example of this was Mike Williams. A lot of people in the yes. offseason yep. thought, you know what? Mike Williams is really, really shouting to be a top.
0: Hit. Maddie, Terrace, Marshall, wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. That's a, that's a great example. Uh, great but, example. Um,
1: but Mike Williams was screaming to be a potential, you know, wide receiver 20. I think people were posting that like it was a hot take. And then the first couple weeks, he was what, wide receiver two? Behind yeah, that was Cup? insane. And people and, were giving
0: up first round picks, Jacob. Yeah, which, I mean, to be
1: fair, Cooper Cup fell into that same exact
0: round. Oh, not if you listen to the fantasy walkabout, he didn't. <laughs>
1: but, like, it, it's it's – a very similar scheme, but you just have to be able to like separate confirmation bias from expectations. Cause Mm -hmm. you may think that you may be higher than some than the bulk of consensus on a player and they prove you right. But if they're overproving you, right, you still need to be skeptical of that.
0: One, one way that I I take that is right. You're going to have your confirmation bias. We're all going to do it. Before you make a decision, add context to your confirmation. And if you still feel the same way, then do the deal. Like that's, that's kind of a good way to navigate it to me. Tom Lee quick, before we move on to the second half of this, how do you handle recency bias? I know I am actually, I'm going to take a stab at answering this for you. You immediately take advantage of it by going and dealing with that player because you're an absolute shark who sends out more trades than anyone else on planet earth
2: so the irony of this right is this is like the antithesis of something that can absolutely tank all the value that you've accumulated so we can hype on about accumulate value for the off season the in season whatever but if you get too excited because you've seen something that you thought you weren't willing to buy in on and then you go and buy in on the higher price it's a real real easy way to lose a lot of value in your team right so that's the fear that's that's number one fear number two fear is that if you are hyped on someone but you never really got in on them yourself and you're seeing on twitter that There's all of this pumping up. These people are going, yep, we love it, straight. We're pushing our ranks right up all the way to, you know, wide receiver two or whatever. The reason they're that excited is because they already own a lot of this player, right? So you do not want to then go and buy in on that player at the new price because that is just a terrible usage of confirmation bias, right? right? that's not too Even if you love the player, you needed to have them before, like draft them on love, sell them on confirmation bias is the process for me.
0: Very nicely done. Very nicely put. Uh, what's funny... Put that up, uh, shirt. What's funny, <laughs> I actually think Mike Williams is is worth oh a no, god, it again. Oh my god, we're doing it again! Did have a good season. <laughs> no, see, Matt, see no. just <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. If he was Look, it, he would... Oh my god. No! Just no! Like, uh, he, he had his breakout in the first parts of the season, then you traded him, and then it was not. Just no. Mike Williams is not a buy. He's not right? Like a lot of the it, people who have Mike Williams traded for Mike Williams and they traded enough to get him that they're going to hold him. Like I'm I don't. S- and and we're not talking about when we talk about stuff like this is we're not talking about a player because obviously you want to get every player if they're at the right price. Yeah. That's an obvious statement. If they're old, if yes. you get them at the right price, they're a buy. Sure. 208 for Mike Williams. Sure. Are you going to get that? Probably fucking not realistically. Like, <laughs> does it hurt to throw that trade out? Absolutely not. Would I trade Rondell Moore for Mike Williams? Abs fucking Are you gonna get that? Not a fucking chance. So at, at least, you know, for the most part. Every player is a buy at the right value, right? And yes. I, I just don't think Mike Williams is a player that I'm gonna actively seek out to try to win because unless unless you're playing the new cool best ball dynasties, I don't, I don't care. Um, he's as likely to sink you as a lot of his games too. Talk about a good season was he did nothing the whole game, and then he scores a 50 yard touchdown when they're up 20 points. And right, like it's just not and, know, I don't know. Mike Williams I, isn't the answer. Every so, time
1: I hear stuff like this, I always think back to the fantasy footballers. Cause um I remember going into this last year. Shout out. Yeah, absolutely. If y'all ever want to I could, could use that. Yeah, yeah.
0: uh, I could use that support. I'm trying, <laughs> but God.
1: I remember last year, uh, Jason from the Footballers said he wouldn't touch OBJ in a draft. Yeah. And every single comment under that tweet was like, OBJ versus some random player. Yeah, Yeah, like, of course, we're going to take OBJ over Tavon Austin or some shit. Like, of course. That's no, man. That's overstay. not what I'm saying.
0: I'm not. Tra- I'm not saying trade a first for him. I get it. I'm not misunderstanding you at all. What I'm saying is that I don't care enough about Mike Williams to actively go and get him. And I'm not gonna. And uh, we're blanket statementing. Every player is a buy, if their <laughs> price is correct. You. I'm just laughing at the. I'm I'm completely, underst- the, the, I'm completely, the, like, I'm completely understanding channel, you. Yeah, I just, I don't. I I, I don't care about Mike Williams enough to to actively say that he's a value or a buy. So the second half of this is arbitrary rankings. Mm -hmm. This drives me fucking crazy. Every couple of weeks on the bird app in the Slack channel in leagues, I don't, and and people ask me a ton, like, who do you have ranked this receiver and that receiver? And I go, I don't have a ranking for them. They go, what are you fucking crazy? I don't adjust my rankings every couple of weeks uh, after a big game. Oh, I have this receiver, wide receiver 15 now, and I have this (laughs) wide receiver, wide receiver 18. What good does that do me at the time? It doesn't. Tears is all I care about. So, and obviously, right, and Billy, you actually developed a little thing there that you're working on or are developing a little game, if you would. Players that you would like to select. I'm actually going to get that from you because I'm going to I'm going to do that today uh, after this conversation. Yeah, and, and, re- and really and really work that out because Billy is working on a bunch of really cool stuff here, but because um, he's a whiz kid. Um, but I I don't feel the 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 advantage or see a benefit in constantly adjusting what wide receivers or what running backs I have against above this one or above that one, or I apply this number that makes them better than that one. I look at players in groups. That's how I do it. So Tom Lee, you and I talked a lot about rankings and tiers. We did a tier building process in season one. And in, uh, in that, we discussed that to have, let's say a running back, let's say just build a quick tier here, right? We're going to go Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, um, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley in one tier. So sure. for those four players, they're the same rank to me because yeah. I would take, if, if I could trade any one of them for one of the others, plus something else, I would, would just say, do yeah. it. Yeah. So their ranking of RB four, five, six, and seven doesn't mean yeah. shit to me yeah. now saying inside the top 10, 100% that matters. Do I think they're top 12, 100%? I think that matters, but within the tiers of that top 12 is where it gets important.
2: Yeah. And it's so, important to have tiers because you need to account for different – like we talked about um, different factors that can influence it. You know, age can be as relevant a factor as production. So, right. you know, having someone who will be great for the next 10 years versus someone who is who is the best right now, um, you know, you look at like Cooper Cup starting to enter the top tier in wide receivers at the moment. Well, Cooper Cup's 29, right? So, like, hmm. he's not going to do it for, you know – 20 more years but Jamar chase is could they both be in the same tier sure you know probably not but you you get the point right like there are different factors that influence these different tiers so you need ways to equate two players that aren't directly comparable because situation will dictate that one is more beneficial than the other one and you need that subtlety you need the the nuance that tiers provide rather than just saying this player is out and out better than this player
0: it's it's how i i avoid things like the cd lamb saga (laughs) right CeeDee Lamb Dynasty top three, top four wide receiver. And I know a lot of fucking people did it. I know it. A lot of people, Billy's one of them, right? Yep. CeeDee Lamb is this top guy, his age, it's his age, it's his draft capital, it's who he's tied to, it's the offense, etc. And what's happened now? He's dropped out of people's top 12. Mm. You know how you avoid that? Build that into your range of outcomes and tiers. Oh, so now key, right? like, I now yeah. trading C D Lamb for T Higgins, sure. Same tier yeah. to me. So if they're in the same tier, Especially, someone sent me that, no problem.
2: Yeah. And if that's your confirmation bias where well, you still love that player more, go and do that. Like go and capitalize on his new value. That's fine, because it's a slide down, not a, not a push up. Yes. So you know it gives you that freedom of oh, either dropped a tier, but they haven't just you know, they haven't exploded in value in a negative way. So
0: Exactly. Um, Billy, how do you how do you look at things like this? Um things like tier building arbitrary rankings like i i'm not someone that's gonna argue if lamar jackson should be the dynasty qb one when i think he's a top five dynasty qB and i would trade any one of those other top five you know for lamar jackson or uh, happy having, having any other team. yeah with with, yeah. with an extra piece so how do you look at this um
1: the this is a really hard one for me because i have a lot of like I have a lot of mixed feelings on rankings versus tiers. Like it, in some cases, I think it's really smart to have, you know, the the ability to say I value one player over another. Like yeah. I, I think that's completely fair, and I agree with what you're saying, Tom. Is that when, when you're looking in tier based rankings, it's smart to be able to say I view these two people equivalently. And I think I I have the same idea, and I believe I've actually spoken with I want to say this was with you, uh, Tom Lee, but it might have been Maddie. That's
0: what's up, Dave. That's a trade I like to see right there. Lamb for Cup and two oh eight. That's easy Jesus. fucking money. Amen. Easy fucking money for you. Oh. Uh,
1: but I it was either Tom Lee or Maddie I was talking about this with, but uh oh it was Maddie because Maddie was trying to sell me Cup for AJ Brown, okay. and at the time I had them in the same tier. And it was a really straightforward trade. And I because you have them in the same tier, it's almost like trading to make trades. Correct. Like like I, I may value C. D. Lamb above AJ Brown. I may value AJ Brown above C D Lamb. But it you don't want to make trades just to make trades because I hate to break it to you, if you claim the title fantasy analyst, you're wrong a lot. Yeah, we all are. Like it's, yeah, that's what analysis is. We are all going to be wrong a lot, so it's you have to bet on probabilities. Yeah, trading just to
0: make trades is is poison. yeah,
1: Yeah, like I think that's the fastest way to do it because you're you're going to be wrong. So instead of just betting on, like, I view tiers as confidence intervals. Like yep. we, we hit that a point
2: yeah. where, curves, confidence intervals. Yeah.
1: yeah, we hit a point where we are a lot more confident in these tiers that this player is better than this player, despite the fact they're ranked right next to each other and being able to say that helps. And that's like, that's where I view, te- I view tiers as I'm willing to trade this player for this player straight. And that's yeah. my definition of a tier okay. because okay. I wouldn't that's do interesting. that. I wouldn't yeah. do that for a lot of players because I'm an idiot and I'm wrong a lot of the time, and I don't trust my own analysis. That that last yeah. part's not true, but that, like <laughs> See, that-
0: for 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 us when we talk about these tiers, it's always to get the extra added value. Yeah, that's that's why you, you trade on, within a tier. Move, yeah.
2: yeah,
0: like you're not getting the same. Like so, let's say Maddie and you are discussing. He wants A.G. Brown. He wants to give you Cooper Cup <clears> because <throat> you say he's in within the same tier, but I have no. Active reason just to do that,
2: yeah.
0: Right, there's no, and and when you're doing something like that, you still put age into account that might be in the same tier, but now yeah. I've got extra couple years within this tier and and not without. So, yeah, like, um, when you're looking at things like uh, trading wide receiver wide receiver in the same tier, if you're coming to me with that and they're in my same tier, I need a reason. Okay. I need yeah, an extra reason to yeah. actually do this. Otherwise, I'm just trading to trade. I think that's a great point to make, Billy. Trading so they, to trade yeah. is poisonous.
2: Yeah, the perfect AJ Brown versus Cup, for example, this year was that Cup was healthy. AJ Brown was a bit iffy. You're heading into the playoffs. You know, one of them's going to win you a championship this year. One's still an awesome asset to have, right? So it's an absolutely fine switch within a tier to go from a rebuilding team to a win-now team to try and make sure you steal the deal without losing out on value. There's nothing wrong with that trade, but you need the extra incentivization to do it. You need that reason for doing it. Otherwise, there's no point moving them for the sake of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 the important lesson for arbitrary rankings. So if you if you make a trade like C D Lamb for let's say T. Higgins, because or trading T. Higgins for Cd Lamb, because you think Cd Lamb is the wide receiver four, and all of a sudden now you drop into your wide receiver 14, you fucked yourself. If they're in the same tier, however. Right in the same tier and now you made that trade, but you got something on top of, of um whatever to get to get CD land, yeah, then yeah. Then sure. That makes it's, it's, a little more it's sense. like insurance,
2: it's like taking insurance out on a new asset. Like you just want to yes. make sure you've got something there.
0: You want the extra up. piece like, on top, yeah. right? And and you don't get that a lot with arbitrary rankings. Yeah. No. So Billy, why are you why are you giggling <laughs> over there? <laughs> I just
1: I, I just saw this dumbass tweet, and I don't understand
0: it. Because right, I, I, I was going to, to pull something
1: it. else. So to to give credit, this was four verts on Twitter, and it's I I can't show you this. Like I can't. But right. it's it's just says Tom Brady tasting a strawberry for the
0: first time. <laughs> oh my god! And, and, and I don't understand it. This can, is the kind of thing that happens sometimes. We get we get no. He doesn't eat sugar. That's his. That's uh, yes. Yeah, TV twelve. Yeah. But it's just a picture Maddie, of Elmo in front I'm, of a I'm, mushroom. I'm gonna cloud. end it on. I'm gonna end it on this because you sent it. I get it. We saw 129 targets. He went over 1100 yards. But I don't care. Right. He falls into that category. And Mike Williams is a great example. Right. If you can get him for that price, then it's obvious. But most times when analysts and people on the bird app and podcasts say you can go and get this player at this dirt cheap price, chances are you're actually not able to. Which is why I said that if you can get it, it doesn't hurt to send the offer out. Right. But he's not he's not someone that I'm going to actively negotiate to go and grab. That's the point. And that's something that we hammer home on the show. We had a lot of great examples, but that's going to be it. Tom Lee, you know how we would like to end this bit. It's season two. I hope you came prepared.
2: I've got plenty Um, this year. Don't worry about
0: it. Oh, good. Let's go. I'm ready. I've been using them. I've been using all of the Aussie slangs in as many leagues as I have with other members of the Aussie family. So hit us with some before we get into final thoughts.
2: So we want one that can be at least a little bit fantasy relevant, right? And you guys may have heard of it. You may have seen it used. It may become a Twitter thing. But the one for me this week is Fig Jam. Are you guys familiar with Fig Jam? No. You heard of this, Phil?
0: Absolutely not.
2: You understand what Fig Jam is?
1: I mean, I know what the food is.
2: Ah, no. So Fig Jam stands for Fuck I'm Good, Just Ask Me. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like victory lapping, right?
0: Yeah. So oh if, my god so like if, you,
2: if you if you're if you flexing on someone
0: fig oh my god fig jam
2: good. just, just ask, ask me. me yeah
0: holy i might change my gamer tag to that <laughs> my my gamer tag is imbq for i make bitches quit and i think it might have to go to fig it's jam changed. now <laughs> fuck i'm good just ask me what an right, awesome we're bringing you top that's pretty tier solid Words and <laughs> phrases to bring to your leagues. That's part of it. Look, that's going to wrap up the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presents the Fantasy Walkabout Season Two Episode One. Saving <laughs> Fig jam in my brain now. That is what is up, uh, Dave. Uh, final thoughts, uh, Billy. How was your How was your time on the Fantasy Walkabout for the first time? No, this
1: was a grand old time. I got to swing by again sometime.
0: One hundred percent, Tom Lee. Final thoughts before we get out of here. Final thoughts. What do we want to say about Twitter? It's
2: too early in the offseason to, to be throwing hate around. So be chill, be calm. Don't ever react. 100%. look at some rookies. We'll start looking into the rookies in the in the future week. So Let, let's start get throwing half some half questions our out. way. Yeah, <laughs> <Fine>
0: stop. <start. night. laughs> <laughs> look, uh, it's gonna do it for our show. As always, we, we're happy to bring a little bit of different content uh, to the fantasy spectrum because I think that this is a and maybe it may, might even be a niche community but talking about established dynasty value is super important and learning more about yourself staying uh, in touch with your league mates throughout the off season to to get deals done these are all things we're going to get into and we learned a lot last year i learned a lot about my play style it's really helped me set up how i am as a player it's changed my philosophies i get called the old guy right I scream when new things pop up. I just have a process that I've now built and feel very strongly about. Right. And, and it's good to have differences of opinions and people able to talk about it. And we're going to get into more things like how to negotiate, uh, you know, bad faith trading, how to deal with the annoying trade partners, um, yep. bad trade offers, how to get a deal done after. We're going to go back through all that kind of stuff, all of it. But like I said, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, look, everyone, tweet at Budgie Smugglers so they will respond to me. Uh, we're still actively trying to get our Budgie Smugglers assuring. sponsor. They have not re- responded to me, so everyone, get on the bird at, send them emails to reply. We want the custom Budgie Smugglers so Tom Lee can can really uh, promote that and and walk down the beaches. Of, you of... thought
2: you thought Jacob was going to be a, a meme on uh, on Twitter? Me and a <laughs> pair of budgies. That's the issue.
0: Exactly. <laughs> So holler at them, get it done. We need that. I love the established dynasty league strategy. It's, it's not talked about enough in our opinion. That's going to do it for us. Thank you everyone for tuning in on your Saturday. I want everyone to remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose and that your best days are uh, spent tilting. Good night, everybody. Have, Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Take care.